I can tell this organization is committed to winning. The Broncos, they do have incredible fans that love this team, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Another takeaway for this Denver defense in 58 is right in the middle of all of it. Wow! Touchdown, Denver! Unbelievable! Oh my goodness, what a play! Mile High Magic episode number 49. Hello, everyone. Glad to be back with you as we continue the virtual off-season program. We're always virtual and always anywhere you want to find us here in Mile High Magic alongside my partner, Nikki Javala. I am Michael Spencer. Glad to be with you. We have a fantastic, fantastic show for you today, including a great interview with KJ Hamler's mom. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. But first, Nikki, obviously the big news coming out on Thursday, the Broncos schedule officially released. What did you make of the schedule as it lays? Let's go ahead and just... For the sake of argument, say that the Broncos are going to play out the entire schedule as it was presented to them on Thursday. And uh, and with that in mind, we'll dive into our thoughts on that, and I'll let you take the floor first. What are your thoughts as you look at the 2020 schedule? I think the early part, you know, with all the East Coast games, you got Tom Brady, um, Ben Roethlisberger in the first three weeks of the schedule. That could be difficult. Um, But, you know... Who knows if that first month is even going to be there. Um, Mm -hmm. And while a lot of people are focused on that, I actually think the tougher stretch is going to be in the second half. Um, When it really starts to count, you got a lot of your divisional matchups. I mean, they got after playing in Atlanta. And remember, that was the London game that got canceled or, you know, got moved just to Atlanta. Um, After Atlanta, they go to Vegas. Then they play the Chargers. Then they host... Drew Brees and his many very talented receivers, including Emmanuel Sanders. And then they go to Kansas City. So that could be a brutal stretch right there, a very important stretch that could really, you know, dictate whether they're in the playoffs or not. Um, you know, in any any December game in Kansas City, those typically have not been kind to the Broncos. I mean, pretty much every Kansas City game has not been kind to the Broncos over the last four years, um, but those especially. So that could be a, a tough stretch. But I think overall, it's you know, it's it's. I like the schedule. They got a week eight bye. I think it's you know almost right in the middle of the season. Um, you know, they host the Raiders for their final game. They open against the Titans, which you know kind of. Seems like a snooze fest. Drill Casey will love it. Womp, I know. Womp. But, yeah. you know, they should beat him. If they lose that game, all hell will break loose. As if it weren't difficult enough for football fans to stay up for the second Monday night doubleheader, the second game of that doubleheader on, on week one, they stuck the Broncos and the Titans. And it's like, come on, man, really? Yeah. Like, that's a 9-10 Nashville start time. Yeah. No, it's ridiculous. Who wants to it's, watch that? Who wants to play at that hour? We got deadlines, people. Actually, we don't, but newspapers do. <laughs> Sorry, newspapers. I remember that life. life. Yeah, I remember that life. Yeah, that's. Was it two years ago that they had the the second game, or was it last year? No. Yeah, it was. It was last yeah, year. Yeah, in Oakland. It was, it was last year in Oakland. Ugh. 
Yeah. 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 That one at least made sense because it's a division rival. Right. It was it was in Oakland, so it was seven ten, I think, or yeah, I think it was a seven ten California kickoff. Mm-hmm. And you at least figure you're gonna get the the left half of the country and everybody on the West Coast and in the Rocky Mountain region. But man, nine ten Nashville for a team that's not great is is going to be really, really interesting to see what kind of ratings they draw on that. And, Nikki, you touched on it earlier. I think the first five weeks are going to tell us a lot mm-hmm. about this this team mm-hmm. because not only do you have three trips to the East Coast, two of them are on short weeks, and two of them are at 11 o'clock. Um, and, and we know that the Broncos have not fared well in 11 o'clock games over the past several years. Um, and so that, to me, is is really a big portion of the schedule where it feels like it could kind of dictate maybe how things go. We've seen them get off to slow starts in the past. We saw what that happened last year when they started 0-4, never really could regain their footing despite what happened when they inserted Drew Locke into the starting lineup. Now, contrary to that, we saw them get off to good starts during the Vance Joseph era and saw that, that, that it just kind of petered out toward the end of the year. But um, I, I look at those first five games as really, really important. And you're right. The the back half is brutal in terms of the divisional stretch. And I think that you're, you almost want that though, because of this offense, mm-hmm. because of how young they are, because of the fact that they have, they're having to do virtual OTAs. They haven't had time to work out together. They're trying to learn a new playbook. They don't really know what to expect from everybody once they get out onto the field. And so I like that it's backloaded with AFC games, or AFC West games, because it gets them a chance to get going a little bit. I like the fact that their first division game is at home. It's against the Chiefs. It's weeks seven. So I I feel like that will be advantageous to them. But those first five games, don't be fooled by the fact that it's just the Jets and and just Mm -hmm. the Patriots without Tom Brady. I think those can present some challenges, especially for a young team on the offensive side of the football. I mean, they haven't played at Gillette in years. I mean, they haven't. Yeah. The last time they won at Gillette, Jake Plummer was their quarterback. So it's been a while. Um, (laughs) The other thing, you know, that kind of gets overlooked with the schedule is, you know, while all, all eyes are on the offense, obviously, because they remade pretty much all of it. Um, the defense is mostly a veteran group. There's only, you know, a few new pieces, which were all Casey and AJ Bouye. So it, you hope they don't have that slow start that they had last year where they're kind of getting acclimated to the new scheme and, you know, they go sackless for four games and open on four. Um, that should help the defense. The part that scares me, though, is, you know, I'm still not completely sold on the secondary um, with their depth and with their cornerback situation, just with the uncertainty of Bryce Callahan's health and, you know, how Ojemudie is going to be if he's asked to start. Because um, they play, they face seven of the top nine receivers in the league this year. I mean, that is brutal. And then you think about, like, the tight ends they have to deal with too. I mean, uh-huh. if if Tampa still has their you know trifecta of tight ends down there, and you know you got Travis Kelsey obviously twice. Even a if year. Tampa just has one right. of the three available for that game, right. I'm still worried about right. it. Right? If you just have Gronk, that's <laughs> enough, right? So yeah, that secondary is going to be worked this year, um, and that that kind of scares me. So you know, for a young kid like Ojemudier to not only, you know, he's he's likely going to be asked to start. I think that's why they drafted him where he did. Um, but to kind of learn everything, like you mentioned, without much on-field work this offseason, off-season is going to be really interesting. 
when you look at the schedule, what game, give me one game that stands out to you that you are excited about covering, excited about seeing what, what's the one game that stands out? Um, week 11, Chris Harris returns. It's the 20, yeah. 25 game with Melvin Gordon in a uh-huh. Broncos 25, Chris Harris in a Chargers 25. That should be interesting um, because, you know, Chris is going to be hyped for that. It's going to be weird not I'm having so him. excited. Oh, yeah. I'm, it's going to be weird not seeing him like, you know, chirp at Philip Rivers all game. Um, that's going to be really yeah. weird. Um, but it should be interesting nonetheless. I hope they do something nice for him, you know, just, you know eight years with the team. I oh, guess. they absolutely yeah, should. Yeah. For like, you they know, absolutely should. So that could be I'm excited to see what Chris says during the week leading up to that. Oh, it's, game. I'm sure he'll have plenty to say <laughs> and then he'll be totally, if the, if the chargers lose, then he'll be, he'll be furious afterwards. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> Definitely one. Yeah, I have that circled. one stands out. I think that's going to be a good one. Sunday night in Kansas City is going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that is going to be a huge measuring stick for this organization to find out just how close they really are. I know they're going to play the Chiefs at home in week seven, whatever. Let me see how good you really are when you go into Kansas City on a Sunday night game, which for a lot of these guys is going to be their first Sunday night game that they've played in because the Broncos haven't played on Sunday night since 2017. So so can you live up to that? And and honestly, I don't expect the Broncos to win. Can you keep it within a touchdown? Right. You know, right. like that. That's my mindset right now. Granted, I know it's early, but my mindset right now is can you keep it within a touchdown? Because if you can, then I think you can come away from that game feeling pretty good about where you are in this arms race in the AFC West. Yeah. I mean, we've been trained over the last few years, right? We kind of know <laughs> what expectations are reasonable. But, you know, I think anybody who's expecting this, this team to, kind of transform overnight. I don't think that's realistic. It, it, they very well could, for all we know. I mean, they got a lot of talented players, and while they're not um, experienced at the pro level on offense anyway, I mean, some of them are just so young, and they could have three rookie starters. Um, they they have experience. They have game experience. Um, so I think it could be interesting, but I think if if you're expecting them to be, like, lights out this year – Probably not going to happen. You know, I would expect next year well, it's to be difficult. It's difficult enough. Right. It's difficult enough when you're a young right. offense trying to adjust to a new playbook. And then you factor in the virtual OTAs and whether or not they're going to get training camp in and how all of that is going to, to flush out. I totally agree. I think mm-hmm. that you have got to temper your expectations. And if they come out and they blow you away, that's great. But I think it's unrealistic for them to take a, a, a massive step or to think that they're going to take a massive step in, in 2020. Again, 2021 is the year that I really yeah. have circled for this team to kind of explode on the offensive side of the football. But I'm with you. I feel like you got to have realistic expectations about what this offense mm-hmm. can bring to the table because there are so many variables right. that they're dealing with that they wouldn't have to deal with in a normal right. year. I just hope that every time the quarterback drops back, Everybody doesn't have that sinking feeling like, oh, gosh, don't fumble. Oh, gosh, don't get sacked. If we could just get away from that, I feel like it would be a small victory. But it puts it puts a yeah. ton on 2021. I mean, that's the last year of John Elway's deal. So that's a puts a ton of pressure on him, which, you know, he's used to by now. So, yeah, yeah. 
He's got yeah, that. Yeah, he knows. No big no. deal. No, no big deal. We'll come back to that in a second, but a quick message from our sponsor, Hydrant. Did you know that 75% of us are walking around everyday life chronically dehydrated? We are suffering needlessly from frequent headaches, energy slumps, and poor focus. It doesn't have to be this way. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly in your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code FOOTBALL at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code FOOTBALL for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code FOOTBALL. Hey, one person who I know is is super excited about watching the 2020 season unfold and uh, who we had a great conversation with earlier this week is, is KJ Hamler's mom. And we want to play that conversation for you now. Uh, Broncos Country was introduced to her uh, recently. She is a fantastic, fantastic follow on social media. Media, fantastic personality. Here's our interview uh, with KJ Hamler's mom. Joining us now on the podcast is the star of the ESPN show. Hey, rookie, welcome to the NFL. Tanya Gooding Hamler joining us. Her son, KJ, drafted by the Broncos in the second round of the NFL draft. Uh, Tanya, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. Second of all, how are you adapting to your newfound fame in TV stardom? Uh-huh. Thank you so much for having me. And, um, Things still seem the same. They're, uh, maybe because, you know, KJ's still home. So nothing seems too much different as of yet. Well, you instantly became a fan favorite here in Broncos country. So what uh, what was that whole process like for you guys leading up to the draft and then finding out that KJ had been selected by the Broncos? I know things were probably different um, or more different than you had originally planned uh, given the coronavirus and the virtual draft and everything that went into that? Yes. Well, originally we had planned on having him um, a big, big gathering here at home in Michigan. Um, we were expecting like 200 people, this big, big gathering, family and close, close friends. So, um, and once the coronavirus happened, it was just like, okay, now, you know, what we do, we didn't know exactly, you know, if we were going to be part of the virtual draft selection or not. So when we didn't get picked for the virtual draft selection, as far as, you know, them sending out camera stuff, we was just like, okay, well, you know, we'll just decorate a home, you know, get, you know, his grandma, you know, his you know closest friends here, his, his mentor, and we'll just, you know, have a little small gathering here at the house and and just kind of just go from there. So I did kind of, I did everything live because, um I, you know, just trying to just keep everybody in the loop. I had a Zoom call going with about 80 people, and then I started doing everything live on Instagram and Facebook just to keep everybody in the loop because I had a whole city. The city of Pontiac was just rooting for him, so I had a whole city just waiting to see his reaction. So I had to do something, to, you know, to make sure everybody saw it. So it, it turned out it turned out very, very well. I didn't know you could fit 80 people on a Zoom chat. That's amazing. <laughs> yes, see, it held up to like 100 people. Um, wow. A friend set it up for us. Yeah, so we had like 80 people on the Zoom call. So everybody was little bitty squares. But it, it was, they could look, I, could, I probably couldn't make everybody out, but they could see us. So 
it ended up being really cool because we got our family in North Carolina and Alabama and Atlanta. So we had everybody plugged in. So it, it was awesome. So what has the process been like for you guys after? I mean, to go from the high of the draft, you're so excited, and now you're, you know, just kind of in that waiting period to see what happens next. I mean, what has that been like for you guys? Well, you know, the first day, um, day after the draft, like the first couple of days, it was just like still full of emotions, full of just, you know, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Like, this really happened. <laughs> um, and then things kind of died down, and then KJ got really busy. So, KJ is busy. He's like on a like a really a set schedule. He's on Zoom calls with the Broncos every day from ten to three, and then um, he go trains from four to six with a guy we have him working with here home in Michigan. And so it's just been you know it, it, you know steady trying to get trading card signed. It's it's been like a job, believe me, <laughs> but being a job just you know virtually at home. But it's been kind of busy. But like I said, it's the hoopla, you know, the, the hype of it's kind of dying, you know, died down a little bit. But, you know, I still get those calls and, you know, people congratulate me. And then, of course, every time something new happens, like the puppy, I get, you know, exposed on, <laughs> Sorry. on, on, social, <laughs> on social media. So it's like, oh, I'm back on, you know, I'm back on the news again. So that that gets exciting as well. <laughs> okay, I have to ask about the puppy. That is the cutest little thing. Is it, like, how big is it now and how big is it going to get? Um, well, right about now, he's itty-bitty. He's probably three pounds, and I think he's not going to get any more than five. So it's so funny because I've always had dogs, and me and KJ had a dog um, um, that I ended up giving to my mother once my father passed. I gave the dog to my mother to keep her company. My mother's 81, um, severely ill. So she, she, she keeps the dog as her company. So I was like, oh, my God, I got to get another dog. I got to get another dog. So when he came in last night with the dog, I was totally, totally shocked. <laughs> as you can tell. I it love the reaction. It's so yeah, great. I'm telling you, it was so I had no clue about the dog, but I love him. He, he it, it really brightened my day. That was the best gift, best gift ever KJ could have gave me. That was the best gift. You made and, Broncos fans happy by naming it Denver, too. Oh, it, I couldn't have named it any other way. Even if it was a girl, I was still going to name her Denver. <laughs> awesome. Now, obviously, obviously, KJ's known for his speed. We saw you doing some workout videos, saw you had the jump rope going, saw you uh, doing the run slash walk up the hill. Yes, where, did, where, does he, where does he get his speed from? You know... KJ has been running before he even was really walking. This, you know, I can remember KJ being a toddler, like three, and, you know, everything he did, even when he learned to walk, it was a run. And I remember us putting him in flag football at four, and everybody used to be like, he's so fast. And I used to think, like, really? He's four. Like, how can you tell? But KJ, this little speed speedster has been here from day one. He's always just been this fast little kid running around in stores, running around the house, running up and down the street at my mom's house. Just he's always been fast. So I'm not really for sure where he gets it from. I'm I ran track, but I wasn't an avid I wasn't a um a dedicated track star. Let me say that. I ran a year and was like, okay, I'm over. It's too hot out here. But <laughs> his dad played football and you know, I had a brother that played football and, and I have a nephew that played professional um well semi pro um basketball. So the speed part, I don't know. I don't know where he got it from. I'm glad he got it, <laughs> but I don't know where he got it from. <laughs> 
I've heard he's a he's pretty competitive too. I mean, I feel like you have to be to make it to this level. Uh, is there is there a good story about how competitive he's gotten, um, be it in small track or even something else? Well, you know what? It, and honestly, and he said it a thousand times because you know, like he said, he was always a small guy. And so he's always had that competitive nature, like, you know, I'm going to be small and I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be the best. And that's always been his mentality. And even him running track, he hated track. We literally almost had to pay him to run track because he hated track so bad. (laughs) But it was almost like, you know, once he started running and he was like, oh, wait a minute, I'm winning. Okay, I like this, you know, I'm winning, I could do this. And then he began to love it because he was winning. Now, if he lost the race, it was like the end of the world, like, oh, my God, K.J. Hamlin lost the race. You know, he couldn't believe it. But I'm like, hey, it's, it's okay. You're not going to win everything. But in his mind, it was like, no, I got to win. I got to be the best at everything. So that competitive nature, I think, like I said, because he's always been the smaller guy, you know, and always had to prove himself, even from little league football, even, you know, to high school football, he just always had to prove himself. But I used to always tell him, and his dad would tell him, hey, once you get out on the field, Show him what you can do, and you'll never get off the field. And that's always been his mindset. He plays way bigger than his size, but he you thinks know, he's and, way bigger than his size. <laughs> <laughs> but as, as a parent, do you ever worry about you know how his body would handle going up against bigger opponents with each level, be it in college or now the pro level? Yes, I, I always it's always been a scare for me. So here's a story about Penn State, and anybody can tell you every game that I ever watched at Penn State, I never watched the game. I sat in the stands and played on my phone and looked at the television. At the television. I never watched the game because I was always so scared. So even like in Ohio State game, when he got hit, and got, I didn't even know that was him. I wasn't even watching the game. <laughs> I should tell the story. Oh, my God, I'm such a bad mom. But I somebody in front of me was like, he's not getting up. And I was like, who? And I was like, well, who is it? I didn't even know it was him because I'm never watching the games because I'm always just – it's that mom's fear, you know. I mean, yeah. even though I've seen a million games from, you know, high school to college, you know, and about to see a million more, but it's just that mom, you know, like, oh, my God, you know, I pray that he get up because it always does worry me that, yeah, he's the little guy. But then I go, well, it's a whole bunch of little guys. So, you know what I'm saying? He's not the yeah. only one. So it, yeah. it makes me – it gives me a little more reassurance. Do you at least watch, like, the replays, like, when they reshow the, the play on the Jumbotron? Or even after the game, do you go back and watch it? All the time. I can watch the game all day on TV. Don't bother. Okay. But oh, when God. I'm sitting in them stands, I get it. No, I get it. I don't, know, I don't know what it is. I can watch it all day on TV. But when I'm sitting in them stands, it's just like, you know, I cannot watch a game. And so, it's okay. so all the parents be like, what are you doing? Why are you not watching? Did you see me score? And I'm like, okay, I'll watch it when they reshow <laughs> <laughs> so what's the plan what's the plan for Broncos games? I mean, let's assume that the season starts on time. You guys are gonna be coming out here for games. Um, even though you won't be watching them. <laughs> you know what? I'm a I'm gonna get my mind right this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna get on a different plateau and I'm gonna watch every I'm gonna try to watch every game this year. But yeah, the plan is for us to um you know, yeah, we're we're there. We're 100 percent supporters. KJ, we we even when KJ redshirted his first year at Penn State, we still went to every home game just to be there for support because I knew that was a very difficult. You know, that's difficult for any kid. You didn't play your senior year, now you get redshirted. You know, your freshman year of college with intentions of thinking you were going to play and you didn't. So, me and his dad are big supporters of him. So we're always at every game. We don't miss a game. Haven't missed a game. So the plan for um, NFL is to have the same routine. No matter what, we're going we gonna to be at every game, home and away. We'll be there. 
What, um, I was going to ask you about that. What went into the decision to, to send him to IMG for his senior year? And then what was that like for all of you guys once he got hurt right before the first game? Well, the decision for him to go there was um, he, he's really good friends with Devin Funches, and that's, that's like a big brother to him. And so Devin had went there to train for the combine. And so he comes back and he's telling us how great this facility is. Like, you know, you guys should check it out. It's awesome. KJ would, you know, love it there. You know, he's playing with different people. So he had been talking to Devin probably a few months about it. And then he came to us like, Mom, you know, what you know, what do you think about me going to IMG? And so I had already been reading about IMG. Dad was a little uh, <laughs> a little hesitant, like, you know, I'm not sending my kid nowhere, you know, <laughs> 17 years old to a school I know nothing about. So I was like, well, why don't we just go out there and visit, you know, see what, you know, learn everything we need to know, ask the questions, dot our I's and you know, cross our T's. And so we did. And before we even left, Dad was like, okay, I'm good. He can, he can come here. So we decided on him going there. And he went there, worked hard, you know, trained hard and, and was starting. And we were excited about it. Like, okay, it's last year. It's going to be awesome. And the very first game, probably three minutes, three, four minutes into the game, just caught the ball and was a no contact, you know, caught the ball and did a cut and that was it. And it was, it was devastating. It, it was. And, and as a mom, it's like, uh, like, like I said, cause I'm the emotional one. So I, that day I was really trying to hold it together because I knew he was just like my senior year. You know, we spent all this money to go here, but the money was no option. Like I told him, I said, I'll, I'll do it again. If I had to, it doesn't even matter. You know, I, I knew this is what you wanted to do because he wanted to compete differently and compete against different kids from different states, not just kids from Michigan. So I understood the big picture. So um, it was devastating, but you know what? It was adversity that we faced and we got over. Obviously a different situation, but how did the decision-making process of deciding for KJ to go to IMG, how much did that help when you guys were making the decision as to what to do with his NFL prospects, and when did that become kind of a reality where you guys had to have that conversation and say, hey, look, do we want to do this? Do we want to forego the next two years and and do this NFL draft thing? Well, you know, the funny thing is we didn't – so I didn't even actually know, okay, being mom, that he was actually (laughs) eligible for for the NFL draft. I was so out the loop, and and I can remember – it was probably around about – Thanksgiving time, because we had went to Penn State for Thanksgiving to spend Thanksgiving with him, and he was like, well, you know, you know, I can enter the draft. And I was like, like the NFL draft? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, 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 like <laughs> talk about the Army draft, right? You know? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, the NFL draft, mom, you know? <laughs> and uh, I was like, you know, really? And and I was like, well, you know, do you think you're ready? You know, because that was the main thing, like, are you ready? Because this becomes no longer school, this becomes a job, you know. So are you really, really ready? And me and his, and me, him and his dad, we talked about him, we talked it over with his mentor, and we kind of went back and forth, back and forth, because at this time we had started having agents reaching out. So um, we just kind of went back and forth and waited out, and he said, well, he said, I'm going to wait. He said, I'm going to wait after the bowl game, and however I think I feel after the bowl game, you know. I said, he said, I'm going to decide. I said, yeah, take, you know, take your time. Just weigh it out. And after the ball game, he came up to us after the game and was like, you know, I think I'm a, I think I'm an enter. And I was like, so you got another two years eligibility. So this is what we're doing. And he was like, you know, yeah. And I said, well, somehow, you know, I said, cause you're only a few credits away. You got to figure out a way to, you know, at least get your associates, get something out of this, out of pen. You know, you got you, you to gotta do something, you know? And so he was like, well, you know, I promise you that I'll, you know, I'll go back and I'll get my associates. 
And I was like, okay. I said, well, if you promise me that, then and I'm going to support you 199%. I love that you guys all seem so close. Um, you know, and I'm guessing you're always like that. I mean, has he always kind of you know, gravitated toward his parents, always had you involved in his life and everything? Yes. Well, you know, KJ's my only. KJ's my only child. So, um I have a stepdaughter now, but me and his I, me and his dad just been married a few years. So, um, yes, but KJ is my only child. So it was that was you know like my little partner in crime, <laughs> you know, when he was growing up being little. So and like I said, even with his dad, you know, they the bond has always been you know keeping him on the right path, you know, keeping him in the you know right schools and you know putting him in the best situations. You know, actually KJ made it easy for us. You know what I'm saying? Because this was something KJ always wanted to do. We just supplied him the tools to get there, you know, with the camps and the training. But he always wanted to train, always wanted to, you know, play in some camp or go to 7-on-7 or go to Nike tournament or Adidas showcase. These were things he always wanted to do. We just we just got him there. <laughs> How young was he when he, you know, really made the decision, I want to go to the NFL, this is what I want to do? Oh, my God, KJ was little. He wrote it in um. I want to say he was third grade. He was little. He wrote it in a book. They did like, you know, what is your career? What do you want to be when you grow up? And he wrote it, I'm going to be an NFL player. And, you know, of course, every, every kid says that, right? And you're thinking like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever. You better think about being a doctor or something, you know, something else. <laughs> another career, dude. That's, you know, like you say, it's only one or two percent that make it. So, like I said, to see it actually happen, it's like, oh, my God, this little boy spoke it into existence, you know. Was there, was there a point when you knew that, yeah, it's really happening, even, you know, before he was drafted and everything? Um, I think it really hit home with me when he actually – I think it hit home with me when we actually got an agent. <laughs> I think I was kind of like, oh, yeah. my God, we're really doing this, you know. Yeah. So when we really signed with the agent and really started going forth and talking with people, it's like you said, that agent process is a monster amongst itself, you know. And for parents who don't know and getting into it, that's, oh, God, they need to have a seminar about that. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think it really hit me when we started getting an agent and financial advisor and marketing and all that stuff is when it really hit me like this is really, really happening. Like he's really going to the NFL. So off the field, we saw him doing some cooking during the uh, the Hey Rookie show, or as you guys called it, some chefing. How is, how is his chef? <laughs> okay, so let me tell you something. He hasn't cooked not once since he's been home. So I don't know <laughs> where this, this chefing that he did down in, in Florida, he has not chef for me one day, not even for Mother's Day. So, wow. Um, yeah. He made it up with the puppy, though. He made it up with the puppies. So, no, he has not chef. But I understand, like I said, he's, he's been so busy so much, so. I, I'm letting it slide for you know for once, but it's mostly me cooking for him. So, but it's okay. I totally understand. But I'm gonna get that Alfredo before he leaves. Before he goes to <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanna, we, you need to come back on and give us a full report too. Right, right. I'm gonna get that Alfredo. It did look good. Too. It did. <laughs> okay, I've been waiting to ask this. Okay. Please tell us the story behind the birthday videos because I absolutely love those, and I uh, they're amazing. They're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so the birthday video started. Um, but this this has actually been the fourth one if we you know if we decided to do one, which I'm mm-hmm. so totally so against it. I'm not putting anything out there. It's but 21. It's, you got to go big for 21, right? 
Nikki, they are going to kill him in rookie camp about the one from last year. When he oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to save him. Drew Locke's a pretty good rapper. I feel like if you involve the quarterback, then they can't really talk smack about him, you know? I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I don't really Once the Broncos got hold of it, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to kill him in training camp. <laughs> I love uh, it. But it's so funny because it, it started as a joke. It started because, um, like I said, we've never been away for KJ's birthday and, and him going to IMG, you know, you know, you're sending your, your 17-year-old off to school, you know, with actually they're younger than that at IMG. But um, it was the first for us, so – he wasn't here that year. He was turning 18, and um, he wasn't here that year. So his dad was like, well, let's think of happy birthday. And I was like, no, that's kind of boring. I was like, how about we do a rap? And he was like, okay. And so the plan was for dad to do a verse and I do a verse, and then we kind of collaborate together and, you know, sing it both. But dad <laughs> dad was just, dad couldn't get it together. So somehow <laughs> I, became, I became the rapper and he became the hype man. So we did it as a joke at 18. Like I, and the first video was so simple. It was really like probably 12 lines, you know, of nothing. It was a, really a, a joke. KJ put it on the Internet and it just went, it went crazy. It just went crazy. So then we was like, the next year is like, well, we got to make the, you know, the second year better than the first because it was so just plain the first year. And so I started really putting, you know, some words and making it like two, three minutes into it. And then, like I said, we did the second year and did the third, and here we are. <laughs> and you amazing. keep saying you keep saying after each year that you're not doing them anymore. But I imagine there's a lot of pressure now too, right? Like to up the performances every year. It mm-hmm. is, and it's a lot. It is. It's a lot of pressure. Especially like Nikki said about Drew Locke, and then you know it's almost like you're kind of getting mm-hmm. hyped on Twitter. Like, yeah, with Drew Locke, mm-hmm. you need to come back with a rep, you know. And whoever the uh, Jim Rohn was saying something on his show, like somebody. Move to the side, somebody, because now you you got Miss Kitty on in in the process or something. So I'm like, oh my god, they're really they're really making this really bad. So I don't know. I'm gonna pray about it. I'm gonna pray really hard. I'm gonna ask the doggy what he thinks. Oh yeah, his friends are involved. He could be, you know, a second hype man. That'd be great. Michael has his dog on his on his sports cast now, so I'm yeah. pushing yeah. to get Winnie yeah, her you own get a show. So. KJ's birthday is July, so I got another almost two months to figure this out. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, know. July 8th, uh, not that I have it marked on my calendar or anything right. like that, yeah. in anticipation yeah. of the video. Yeah. Mike, yeah. don't stop calling me July 7th talking about uh, I need to be first. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, one more thing. One more thing before we let you go. Has KJ found a cabin to live in yet? Not yet. He's still searching. He's still searching for the cabin. <laughs> I, think, look, I don't think Judy's with it, though, so I don't know how good this cabin's going to go. <laughs> as long as they can keep the so bears, as long as they can keep the bears out, they'll be all right. Yeah, and then, you know, ski ski at the bottom, but ski at the top and swim at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I'm going to see this, too. I can't wait to get out there and see all this stuff, too. I'm going to tell KJ, so tell me all this stuff you were talking about. That's amazing. <laughs> Well, Tanya, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, oh, thank you guys so for having fun. me. Oh, yeah. We're thank your you biggest guys for fans. having me. 
Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate you guys. KJ's mom is awesome. Um, and I can't wait to, I hope she brings little Denver out here. That would be amazing. Um, but she has to, she right? Has like to. you gotta, I you mean, gotta find a flight plan for the puppy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we'll keep pushing for that and hopefully we get, you know, a, a rap video for KJ's 21st birthday in July. We'll keep pushing for that. No doubt. Um, Joey says hello. Um, Joey's excited yeah, about he's that. He's so pumped. He wants in. So thank you to KJ's mom for joining us. That was really awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and look forward to, to talking with KJ here, maybe in the couple we- in the next couple of weeks. And of course, uh, if anything happens in Broncos country, we will of course bring it to you right here on mile high magic. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Don't forget, please rate, please subscribe, tell your friends, um, that helps us. And it also helps uh, everybody else in Broncos country find out about us and the work that we're doing. Love interacting with you guys. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at, Michael CBS4. She is at Nikki Javala. And uh, until next time, we will talk to you soon right here on Mile High Magic.